May was another great month for the Orioles. So let's hand out some Orioles awards for the month of May. Coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we are going to give out some Orioles awards for the month of May. Give out some player awards, give out some best moment awards, best performances, and then we'll get you ready for a big three-game series on the West Coast coming up between the Orioles and the Giants. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we got an awards episode coming up here today. We did this for the month of April when the Orioles went 19 and 9, a lot of positivity. And to be honest, there's going to be a lot of positivity in this one too. Orioles finished up 16-12 and 12 in the month of May when, quite honestly, it was a much tougher schedule in May than it was in April. Remember, there was a lot of talk from people outside of Baltimore about how, yeah, the O's started 19-9, but they had such a soft schedule. Well, the O's played teams like the Yankees and the Braves and the Rays and the Angels in this month, and they came out pretty well at the end, and honestly, they didn't end it well, right? They finished 2-4 and four on the final homestand, but... Still end up with a 16 and 12 record in May, 35 and 21 as they enter June after the off day on the first on Thursday. Back at it against the Giants starting tonight. We'll get to that in a bit. But first, wanted to hand out some awards for the month of May. Highlight some of the best players, best performances, and best moments from May for the Baltimore Orioles. And we start with our May MVP. And to be honest with you, this was the easiest award to give out. Like this is a no-brainer. Anthony Santander is your Orioles' May MVP. Now, Santander did not get off to a great start this season in April. First three weeks of the year, he was terrible. But he started to pick it up just a little bit that final week of April. And he went into May, and all of a sudden, he hit a surge. In 116 plate appearances for the Orioles in May for Santander, he hit 337 with a 422 on base and a 634 slugging percentage, which was the sixth highest of any qualified hitter in the month of May in baseball. He had a 191 WRC plus in May, which meant he was 91% better than the league average hitter in May. That was fifth in baseball. Only Aaron Judge, pretty good reigning MVP, Freddie Freeman, pretty good. Juan Soto, pretty good. Those are three future Hall of Famers. And Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who had an amazing May for the Diamondbacks. Those were the only four hitters who were better than Santander in all of baseball in the month of May. He had seven homers, seven doubles, drove in 22 runs, and worked 13 walks in that time as well. He was in the lineup pretty much every day, whether it was at DH or right field or even a little first base that we saw from Santander. He got the job done this month and was a huge bat in the middle of the order. Next, the Orioles' Cy Young for the month of May, and it's got to go to Dean Kramer. Dean Kramer, who really struggled in April to open up the season, we were worried because he had such a great 2022. He seemed like a lock for the Orioles' 2023 rotation, 
And it wasn't good early in the year, but he turned things around. Kramer, in five starts in the month of May, ended up with a 2.45 ERA in 29 and a third innings. He allowed just a few hits in that time. He struck out 23 batters, walked just eight, and allowed only two homers. And the big change for Kramer was not just that he threw a few more strikes in May than he did in April, but it was what happened with his four-seam fastball because the velocity has been up on that pitch. Like He's been sitting in the mid-90s and touching the upper 90s throughout the season, but the location and when he's thrown it has been better. In the month of April, opponents hit 390 with a 634 slugging percentage against Kramer's four-seam fastball. Remember, he's got the sinker and the cutter too. This is just the four-seam fastball. In May, opponents hit just 163 against the four-seamer with a 233 slugging. Basically, the rest of the stuff was pretty much the same, but when your number one pitch that you throw in terms of just the amount that he throws it gets that much better, your stats are going to get that much better. And yeah, he still got hit pretty hard, and there was definitely some luck involved on Kramer's side in May, but that was a huge reason why the Orioles were able to beat some really good teams this month because Kramer turned it back around and looked much more like his 2022 self. The Rookie of the Month for May is going to be the same Rookie of the Month it was for April, and that is Yenye Cano, who was not as absolutely unhittable in May as he was in April, but was still very, very good. In 14 appearances in the month of May for Cano, he pitched 18 innings and had a 1.50 ERA, just three earned runs, for Cano on 16 hits, struck out 18 batters, walked his first one, but just one throughout the entire season so far, and got two saves. Yes, did he give up, you know, three earned runs in his last six outings of the month? He did. Did he give up a lot more hard hit balls? He did. But he's still been a go-to reliever and has still been amazing and still has an ERA below one on the season. Over to the reliever of the month, it's not also going to go to Cano because despite how good he was, he was bested by Felix Bautista, who wins reliever of the month for the Orioles. Bautista, after, I wouldn't say he was bad at all in April, right? He, like, he won American League reliever of the month in April, but things were a little shaky with the walks and other things going on. He straightened most of that out. In May, Bautista in 12 appearances, 13 and a third innings in the month of May, locked down seven saves for the Orioles in eight tries, had a 1.35 ERA. He allowed just five hits in 12 appearances. Five hits. That is insanity. Two earned runs in that time, 29 strikeouts to 10 walks, and just the one unfortunate homer he allowed to Aaron Judge that blew the one save, and that was the only loss for the Orioles in that series at Yankee Stadium. But that was the only blemish, and if you remember, he was up 0-2 there, just made a bad pitch. He struck out the other three batters he faced in that ninth inning against the Yankees, and that only tied the game. I mean, the O's still had a chance to win in extras. They just didn't. What a month it was for Bautista. I mean, he looked like, honestly, I'll say this, in May at times, Bautista looked better than he did last year, and he was basically unhittable. For stretches in 2022. Last two awards to give out player-wise. Biggest surprise of the month. Pleasant surprise. I got to go with Adam Frazier this month. He really held his own 
in the Orioles lineup as that veteran presence and kind of overproduced, I would say, in the month of May after he did kind of have a tough first month with the Orioles. Frazier in 104 plate appearances this month, hit 269 with a 333 on base and a 441 slugging. He had three homers in May alone. He had three homers the entire season in 2022 with the Seattle Mariners. That's how much better his power bat was this month. A 115 WRC plus, really solid for Adam Frazier. Five doubles to go along with the three homers, 13 RBIs, and eight walks to only nine strikeouts on the month was very, very impressive by the veteran second baseman. But on the flip side, you do have to go biggest disappointment here to finish it off. And many people might be thinking a certain rookie pitcher who was sent to AAA, but at least Grayson Rodriguez had some good starts in May. The biggest disappointment is Jorge Mateo because he was, I believe, the MVP I gave Mateo for the month of April. So the fact that after a crazy April in which he had an OPS over 1,000, Mateo in 92 plate appearances in May hits just 128 with a 165 on base and a 151 slugging for a negative 17 WRC+. Remember, 100 is league average. He was negative 17. No homers, just two extra base hits. Both of them were doubles. One was a bloop RBI double the other day against the Guardians. He had six RBIs, but he struck out 26 times in 92 plate appearances. That is concerning to only four walks. And the defense, while it was still good, wasn't as good. And because he wasn't getting on base, he couldn't really steal bases. So he had a negative 0.8 war, according to Fangraphs. That is very concerning for Mateo, and as I've talked about, makes me consider he may not be the everyday shortstop for much longer here for the Orioles if he keeps up this very, very low level of production. But those are kind of the basic awards to give out here on today's show. Got some more awards to give up coming up next. We'll talk about some team awards, like the best win or the best series of the year, biggest home run and best hitting performance by a single player, and more. That is coming up next. But first... This episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you're someone who likes to wait until the last minute to get your tickets to any event, especially Orioles games, Game Time might just be the app for you. Because it's the app for me, I'm just down the street from the stadium. I don't really plan out too far in advance when I'm going to games. Sometimes I just get the tickets the day of, and Game Time makes that so, so easy. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the events near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hyped for all the fun that you will have. And the GameTime app is just super easy to use. You log on, and GameTime by now knows I'm looking for Orioles tickets. The O's tickets are right there. The first thing I see, they've got the deals, they've got the prices, they've got the views of the seats, everything that I need. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy the tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set, and they're sent directly to your phone. So you never have to dig through your email to find those tickets. So you can snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So, with May finishing up, the Orioles having the off day on June 1st before playing tonight in San Francisco on June 2nd, decided to give out some May awards for the Orioles, who went 16-12 and 12 
in the month. Gave out some more individualized, kind of regular awards. Now kind of digging deeper here to give out some team awards, some best single performance awards as well. So let's start with the best win of the month for the Euros. O's had 16 of them. Some of them were very, very impressive. But I went with May 24th in the Bronx. Orioles 9, Yankees 6. The final score of Game 2 of a three-game series. The reason that game is big? Well, the Orioles went into the 7th trailing 5-1. to one. Just one day after, they had allowed a home run to Aaron Judge in the ninth inning and had been walked off in the 10th inning of Game 1 of the series. It was one of the most crushing losses of the year. They're down 5-1 in the 7th. The next day, you're thinking they're losing this series and things are going to start going downhill. Well, instead, the Orioles rally for their biggest inning of the year. They score eight runs in the top of the seventh against Nestor Cortez and then the Yankees' bullpen. Adam Frazier had a big homer. Gunnar Henderson with the huge go-ahead double, and they kept adding on. And the eight runs, they hold on for a 9-6 to huge comeback win. And remember, that allowed them to kind of follow it up. They won Thursday and won the series, finished off that huge 5-1 and road trip against the AL East. That, by my account, there were some other good ones. That was the best win of the season, at least in May. Now, the worst loss, is this a little bit of recency bias? Maybe, but I'm going to give Wednesday the worst loss. May 31st, Guardians 12, Orioles 8. Despite the fact that an outfield of Ryan McKenna, Aaron Hicks, and Ryan O'Hearn in the lineup combines to score seven runs off of Shane Bieber, the former Cy Young winner, the Orioles go with a bullpen game. Despite the fact that they had actual starter options to go to in AAA, and they allow 12 runs. They just get bludgeoned. The first five pitchers they use were terrible in this game. Kind of an indictment on the O's having no plan for that game. Something they can't do. It was ugly. Flushing it completely now. But yeah, they ended May, I think, with their worst loss of the month. Back to the positive side. Best series of the month. Well, that's got to be the sweep in Toronto. The weekend series, May 19th through the 21st. Orioles win 6-2 on Friday night. Kyle Gibson just stifling the Toronto Bats. Orioles win 6-5 on Saturday. Huge comeback to win it in extra innings. And then Orioles win it 8-3 in 11 innings on Sunday. With basically no bullpen to speak of. They didn't have Felix Bautista, Yenye Cano, or Brian Baker available on Sunday. Their three best relievers didn't have them available, and they played 11 innings in Toronto against one of the best offenses in baseball, and they still found a way to win that game. That was my number two choice for best win of the month, but that series was amazing to go in and sweep that team, made a lot of people question the Blue Jays, and also made a lot of people think, you know what? This Orioles team might really be for real. On the flip side, the worst series, also a little bit of recency bias, but the Orioles only lost three series this month, so really had three of them to choose from. I'm going to go with the Texas series over the weekend. In Baltimore, May 26th through the 28th, Orioles dropped two out of three to the Texas Rangers, and it was really because of everything that surrounded that series as well. The Friday started with getting the bad injury news about John Means and Dylan Tate. Then Friday night, they unveil the City Connect uniforms. I'm in the ballpark. Grayson Rodriguez gets bludgeoned. Orioles lose 12-2. Next morning, they option Rodriguez down to AAA. That was not a good time. They come back. The offense is asleep on Saturday. They try to rally in the ninth, but it's not enough. They lose 5-3. And then luckily, the offense does just enough to get a 3-2 win on Sunday. They avoid the sweep and still have not been swept this season but it was a tough series to watch with everything going on around the O's with the Rodriguez news as well. It was definitely a tough one. They somehow were able to sneak through with a win, but yeah, tough series lost to. 
albeit a very good Texas team, who right now is the only team besides the Rays that has a better record than the Orioles in baseball right now. So not awful, but it was disappointing on their home field. Flipping it to the biggest home run of the month of May. It's a game I already mentioned, but I got to give it to Ryan O'Hearn. May 20th in Toronto, game two of that three-game sweep of the Blue Jays. O'Hearn coming to the plate, Orioles trailing 5-2. They had a tough game. Bullpen had given up some runs. They're down 5-2 in the top of the eighth. They got two on and two out. And O'Hearn's coming to the plate, who's, yeah, has had a nice season, but as a very much part-time player off the bench, not known as much of a power hitter over the last few years with Kansas City. And in comes Jordan Romano, who was an all-star closer last year for the Blue Jays. And what does O'Hearn do? Gets a hanging breaking ball and laces it into the right center field seats for a three-run homer to tie the game at five. Biggest swing maybe of the Orioles' season so far. That's how big that swing was from Ryan O'Hearn, of all people, who actually has been really great so far for the Orioles. They're able to tie the game. They get it to the 10th. They get a run in the top half. They shut it down in the bottom half, and the Orioles win that game, too, to clinch the series. What a homer that was for O'Hearn. Best hitting performance individually in one game. This one was too easy. This was probably the only other just crazy easy one besides selecting Santander as the MVP. It was May 12th in Baltimore against the Pirates. Cedric Mullins hits for the cycle, going four for five with three RBIs and capping it off in the best way possible. Coming up in the bottom of the eighth, already having the single, double, and triple. Orioles clinging to a three to two lead with two on and two out. Mullins laces a three-run homer into the flag court to give the Orioles the cushion they needed to win that game and to give himself the cycle. And then I was in the ballpark for that one. That moment after the bottom of the eighth when they came out for the top of the ninth when the Orioles sent Mullins out of the field and none of the other defenders went out there. He got to give a hat tip to the crowd. Everybody gave him a standing ovation. It was awesome. Easily best offensive performance of the month. And the best pitching performance, I was down to two. I almost took Kyle Gibson's start in New York last Thursday night when he dominated the Yankees over seven innings. But I'm going to go with another guy who was dominant over seven innings, and that was Tyler Wells. Actually, one day after the Mullins cycle, May 13th, a Saturday night win over the Pirates, 2-0 victory for the Orioles. Wells goes seven shutout innings, the best start of his big league career, allowing only one hit, striking out a career-high eight batters, and walking only two. Now, Anthony Santander helped him. The final out he recorded was an amazing leaping catch at the wall from Santander at right field. If he doesn't catch that, the Pirates maybe tie the game. On that hit, that would have been a double off the bat of Miguel Andujar. But what a start that was for Wells. I mean, he's been great this year, but really turned the corner with the eight strikeouts there. And that was such a fun pitching performance to watch on that Saturday evening. But that'll do it for our May awards for the Orioles. Now you have the chance to weigh in. Whether it's MVP, Cy Young, biggest surprise, disappointment, best win or worst loss, best pitching performance of the month, whatever it may be, Weigh in on Twitter. Let us know at Locked On Orioles. What did I get right? What did I get wrong with these awards? And also right here in the YouTube comments. Make sure you're liking, commenting, and subscribing to Locked On Orioles on YouTube. But here in the YouTube comments, let me know what I got right, what I got wrong on these awards. I'd love to hear from you all about who you'd give these May awards out to on this Orioles team. But one more thing to get to before we finish up the pod. Got to get you ready for the weekend, right? It's the Orioles and Giants. Get ready to stay up late for some West Coast baseball. I'll preview that series coming up next. 
So it's the Orioles and the San Francisco Giants coming up this weekend to start the month of June for the Orioles. They come into June 35 and 21, second place in the AL East, third best record in all of baseball. And they take on a team exactly at 500. The San Francisco Giants, 28 and 28 coming into this series. Giants also had the day off on Thursday as after also losing a series at home. They dropped two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates this week. Actually won game one on Monday and then dropped the next two. Giants at 28 and 28. They had won the previous four series before that loss to the Pirates. And they did go 17-12 and 12 in May. So very similar to the Orioles, 16-12. and 12. They have been playing some pretty good baseball lately, despite losing a series to a Pirates team that is kind of really crashing after a great start to the year. So here's what this series looks like starting tonight, Friday night, 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Put a pot of coffee on. I, I hate coffee. I'll be able to stay up. But whatever you need, do it to watch some Orioles baseball late at night. Dean Kramer gets the ball for the Orioles. Just mentioned how great he was in May with the 2-4-5 ERA. Hopefully he can carry that over into June. Kramer's got a 4-5-8 ERA total on the season. He'll match up with Logan Webb. Webb is the ace of this giant staff, the right-hander with a filthy, filthy split changeup. Got a nice extension this offseason. He's been great for the past couple of years, and he's been great this year. 2.75 ERA for Logan Webb on the season. He's gone at least six innings in 10 of his 11 starts this year, so expect him to pitch deep into the game, and he was masterful his last start. Last Saturday in Milwaukee against the Brewers, went seven innings of one run ball with 11 strikeouts and just one walk. O's could certainly struggle with Logan Webb here on Friday night. Then you go to Saturday, a little bit earlier start, having a 10.05 p.m. Eastern time start at Oracle Park in San Francisco. It's Kyle Bradish going to the hill for the O's with his 3.89 ERA. Speaking of guys going six or more innings, Bradish has gone at least six innings in three of his last four starts. That is such a great sign for Kyle Bradish, who one of the knocks has been, you know, a little erratic. Pitch count gets high, can't pitch deep into games. He's been pitching deeper into games lately, and it's been fun to watch. And it looks like it's going to be Alex Cobb, the former Oriole, is going to go on Saturday for the Giants. They pushed him back a little bit just because he had a really rough start his last time out. Otherwise, Cobb has been phenomenal this year. The veteran righty has a 3.05 ERA. He's still throwing that split change that is just devastating when it's on. But his last start against Milwaukee on Sunday, it was not very good. Four innings, seven runs on seven hits with five Ks and four walks. By far his worst start of the season. O's hoping that he won't bounce back and that they can get him for some uh, big-time offense once again. Then the Sunday game, this is the game that'll be easy to stay up and watch. Just a 4.05 p.m. Eastern time start on Sunday. Tyler Wells gets the ball for the Orioles with his 3.29 ERA, third best whip in all of Major League Baseball among qualified starters at .90. And his last start against Cleveland on Monday, Orioles didn't get him any run support. They were shut out, but he was great. Six innings, one run on four hits with seven Ks and no walks. He'll look to follow that up against the Giants on Sunday. And Anthony Disclafani, the right-hander, will go for the Giants in the final game of this series. He's had a nice year, 3.48 ERA, but he does have a 5.22 ERA in his last five starts. Had a really weird start Monday against the Pirates. Seven innings, but he allowed eight hits, held him to three runs, only two strikeouts, but no walks. He's definitely an interesting pitcher to watch, but he has had success throughout the season. Those are the pitching matchups. Those are the three times. Again, 10-15 Friday, 10-05 Saturday, 4-05 on Sunday. 
And, you know, maybe for those late games especially, if you just can't stay up and watch it on TV but maybe want to hear it on the radio, get that radio call as you are going to bed on Friday or Saturday night, you can catch every pitch of the Orioles' hometown radio broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Orioles. Now, a little bit about the Giants here because the O's don't see them too much. The Orioles and the Giants have only played 18 times ever. They are actually tied 9-9. So the winner of this series this weekend will take over the all-time series. Last time the O's played them was, I believe, in 2019. The Orioles and the Giants faced off. And then there was a pretty famous series in 2016 when the Orioles went to San Francisco and uh, actually had a really fun comeback in the ninth inning of that Sunday game. Remember that crazy home run from Jonathan Scope? I believe it was off Santiago Casilla to give the Orioles the lead and win that series. Then Manny Machado knocked Scope on his butt when they were celebrating so aggressively after that homer. That was a cool moment as an Orioles fan. But the O's will be back there here this year, hoping to create some memories just like they did the last time. But for the Giants, a little bit to know about them. Pitching-wise, their starting rotation has been very good. As I mentioned, you know, all three of their pitchers have a 3-4-8 ERA or below that the Orioles will face this weekend. It's because they don't walk, guys. Their starters have the second lowest walk rate in all of baseball at just 6.5%. Their one issue has been the home run ball. Now, it helps the ballpark they play in is not super conducive to home runs, but the Giants pitching staff has a 15.5% home run to fly ball rate. That is the highest in all of baseball. That means when the ball gets up in the air against them, teams tend to leave the ballpark. We'll see how that plays in. They have a solid bullpen. It's not amazing. You know, it's right around middle of the pack this year. Camilo Duvall has been great, again, as their closer, just a fireball and right-hander. And then they've got Tyler Rogers, who seemed to have figured it out again. If you don't know Tyler Rogers, he's the most extreme submarine pitcher of all time. I mean, his fingers basically scrape the dirt when he throws a pitch, and he throws his fastball at about 75 miles an hour. But he has a slider that legitimately rises as it goes through the zone, even more than Darren O'Day's slider used to do. So he'll be fun to watch. But hopefully the Orioles can try to get to him because he's had a great season so far after kind of struggling in 2022. On the hitting side for the Giants, it's kind of a mix and match, right? They've been this way for a few years where they use all 13 hitters or sometimes 14 hitters that they have almost every game. They platoon, they pinch hit, they get everybody in there. But they have had some troubles with strikeouts this year. Giants hitters have the second highest strikeout rate in all of baseball this season at about 26%. Offensively overall, they're about a top half offense. They rank anywhere from like 15th to 10th in pretty much every offensive category. So they're not quite a top 10 offense, but just below it. They're basically just below the Orioles in most offensive categories right now. The star this season has been the local kid, Lamont Wade Jr., who played at the University of Maryland, hashtag he a terp. He has had a breakout campaign for the Giants. Now, two years ago, he was kind of like a cult hero. They called him Late Night Lamont. He had so many clutch hits, but overall, he wasn't amazing. This year, overall, he's been amazing. A 142 WRC plus for Wade, who hits left-handed and will be the leadoff guy for the Giants. He has the sixth highest walk rate in all of baseball. Adley Rutschman is fourth, Wade is sixth, Gunnar Henderson is 10th. That's how good Lamont Wade has been. Tyro Estrada has been really good as kind of a you know a singles hitter from the right side, hitting 301 on the year, steals a lot of bases. J.D. Davis and Michael Conforto with 9 and 11 home runs, respectively, have brought the power for this Giants lineup. And then a couple of rookies who they've called up really in May and 
that's kind of been the reason why the Giants have turned things around 17 and 12 in May to get back to 500. A couple of rookies, Patrick Bailey, a catcher, and then Casey Schmidt, an infielder, have both been amazing, both defensively and, more importantly, offensively, in the month of May. So a couple guys to look out for in that Giants order. But again, good starting pitching, solid bullpen, solid hitting. That's why they are right at 500 and 28 and 28. Orioles on the road, pretty solid team. Goal should be go get two out of three in this series and kind of get things back on track after losing back-to-back series at home and then i'll be back with you on monday recapping the three games of this series it'll be an especially important episode for you if you just weren't able to stay up late on friday or saturday night but i will recap the entire weekend coming up on monday's episode but until then i'm connor newcomb and this has been the locked on orioles podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day